Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, welcome to Good Job, where we interview inspiring people from the music industry. We follow their journey from their very worst job to present day and find out what makes them them. That roar was from singer-songwriter Kelly Lee. Kelly Lee has had an amazing career, touring the world singing backup for singers like Leona Lewis and Adele, as well as being the uncredited singer on two number one singles in the UK. I shed quite a few tears about that, to be really honest. I felt frustrated and broken, and I thought, how can you be that disrespectful to be using my voice to further your message and career but I'm not relevant enough for you to even want to mention. In this episode, we chat to Kelly about her views on success, how she's now pursuing her music under her own record label, and why it's now her time to walk the red carpet in her own right. We start the podcast the same way every time. What was your very worst job? definitely working in a clothes shop um and it was my second day of working in this clothes shop when I was about oh 16 and basically the the clothing curtain the changing room clothing curtain caught fire just very lightly so uh yeah that wasn't a very good day I Ooh. definitely got fired that that later on that day <laughs> How did it catch fire? Basically, it was the first the first day, it was a Saturday, and um there was like um sort of a girl that'd been working in the shop for a long time with this woman. Well, it was her new shop in Crystal Palace and she'd had a place in Brixton. And um the other girl was basically worked there for so long that the owner she was gonna let her do like management and I was like new Saturday girl. And um she basically went off and left us on the Sunday to go and speak to her investors and was bringing them back and then it was quite Ooh. cold that day so we put the heater on and there was no one in the shop so we'd be like trying on clothes and stuff and then um, basically we put the heater well she put the heater I'm not taking the blame for that too close to the curtain but we didn't pay attention to it and then as the owner walked in with the investor she saw as the curtain started smoking and lightly was about to catch fire sort of it started smoking it was like just pre-flames and um ran over and put it out and she was not best pleased she actually did pay me for the Saturday's work can you believe it she paid you after yeah, all that I know. yeah she was very nice about it but I never I think anytime I went to walk past that shop I would cross the road for fear could you have imagined all the amazing things you've worked with, like some of the biggest names in the industry. You've set up your own record label. You have all these new singles. Could you have imagined all this at that point in your life? No, absolutely not. And it's so nice you put it that way because I don't 
often think of it like that. I, you know, often think about what I need to achieve next and what I haven't done and, and this needs to be better and blah, blah, blah. So I don't, I don't often think about it. And actually, yeah, if, if I go back there, I would be kind of blown away that I was doing this and having this chat with you now. And it's crazy. It's sort of crazy how life works out. So let's go back to the beginning. Tell me about where your love for music started and how you got into it in the first place. Music's always been, it was always in my family. My mum was a singer, my uncle was a singer, my uncle was a drummer. Um, and uh, yeah, it was the f- most free thing we could do. It was freedom of expression. I mean, we grew up, I grew up quite poor, so we didn't have a lot of money in the house. So singing and creating was you know a sense of also escape and just sort of enjoying the day like we loved music and I think that's where I was most comfortable with myself is when I was singing or doing something that was musically creative or listening to amazing music like my mum's friend gave me a Prince mixtape when I was quite young and I loved that was like new power generations like Diamonds and Pearls, Thieves in the Temple, uh, Raspberry Beret Um, so all those songs just like I could imagine being there listening to these songs and yeah it's just where I found myself the most comfortable really. And did you do any singing training? I kind of jumped into it as a kid but then I did at the age of 14 I had a singing teacher called George Torman who I saw as like just was a really like I found really inspiring and he really looked out for me and that was when I was at college and I had lessons with him from about 14 to 16 and he got me to sort of find my voice because I could be a bit timid and I think he helped me unlock some of that kind of space and stuff and yeah so I, I had lessons in 14, 16 then on and off till I was 18 and then from 18 onwards I kind of just did a lot of self-teaching and self-discovery of my voice and breathing technique and then in the last year I got a new singing teacher and and she's been really awesome and done a lot of like straw work and stuff and she's really found a place for my voice to be really, really free. Um, this voice unlocked um, of Lucy. She's just been really awesome at just finding how my voice works because I feel some of what, one of the things I I struggled with is that I didn't find a lot of singing teachers who understood my voice. So I've got a really big voice and I've got mm-hmm. a really big range and it can be very heavy. And so I found some teachers who didn't know how to utilize the heaviness in my voice and were trying to put it in different places and it it just didn't work for me. So that's been really awesome to find Lucy this last year or so because it's like she understands the the exercises I need for my voice because everyone's different. You know, we like the way the physiology is and everything. And I just don't think it's necessarily a one size fits all. I mean, we we do know basic singing technique stuff that Mm -hmm. works and good warm ups and stuff, but it's like a thumbprint we've all got different vocals really absolutely I totally agree with that and it's something that I feel like so important as a teacher to like make Mm. sure that you don't just do the same thing for every single person there are things as you say like that can be put across many different pupils but it's so important to adapt to everyone's voice because everyone wants a different thing as well everyone wants to sound differently and they have an idea in their head of what their voice is so there's no point in trying to be like I don't know, making uh, like an R&B singer sound like an opera singer. They don't yeah. want to do that like, yeah, or exactly. giving them opera technique. So, uh, yeah, you have to really, really be careful with how you're teaching and adapt, I think. So you started as a backing singer for many very cool people um, <laughs> like Adele and Leona Lewis. Is that right? 
yeah, I was in the same class as Leona at, at college and um, we just kept in touch. And then um, she just messaged me out of the blue one day and was like, I, I need some uh, a new BVs for something. Are you free? And I was like, yes. And she was like, have you got someone that you like to work with? And my best friend Katie at the time, who's like done amazing stuff. She's an awesome singer. Um, I was like, yes. And we went on to, to work with Lee for a, about a year and a half. So we did like her backing vocals on her Christmas album which is really cool One More Sleep um, and then uh, Art on Ice we did and the Glass Heart Tour and that was awesome because Lee's mm. just like such a lovely person so it was it was probably some of my favourite touring experiences I was like with my best friend and Lee's, Lee's awesome and really really cool so it was just a really great year that was and how did it come about uh, with Adele as well so with Adele I'd actually been uh, doing session singing for a while um with uh, two guys and uh, they, they've got a company called Replay Heaven and Hal Ritson got a shout um, from Adele's management at the time saying they were looking for uh, some new BVs and Adele wanted some fresh people so I just got the call like I hadn't been like putting it out there I really wanted to do it I really wanted to do BVs like I did something when I was at college once as like a choir for Westlife and we did like TV and was like oh my god this is so cool <laughs> and like we'd like rehearse for hours so we could sound awesome and like the choir leader she'd like made us all blend and everything and then when we went live they were like no no you're just you're just miming to track but just <laughs> just sing it like it is real so we were all gutted but so yeah so anyway I was like I got the buzz from that I was like I want to do more BVs and then I got the call for um, Adele and and Adele was kind of sort of big at the time but it wasn't it wasn't like Adele. It was like Adele. And um, yeah, so the first performance we did was the Royal Variety performance on TV. We did Rolling in the Deep. And that was like her first outing of the record, her first performance of the record, I think. And then... That's so cool, that, though. No, Now knowing where it, that is. Yeah, that was so cool. And then suddenly everything blew up and we were on tour and it, it was the Grammys and Oscars and what wow. have you. And it was a bit like, whoa. And it was my first time on tour as well. And... It was a crazy, crazy experience. I'd never been to America before and we did this big tour in America and, and we were all over the place and tour buses and yeah, whirlwind. You must have learned loads from that. Oh, absolutely. Not just even like stage performance and I mean, I performed on stage anyway, so not that, but I mean like in terms of like a big artist situation and the professionalism that comes with that like we did a few tvs and like the voice of holland and all random things like that and um but also management and and labels and the band and tech and crew and how things need to work and how organized you need to be and and how if something's not been organized right how it's like a snowball effect and it just messes mm. up everything and also how exhausting it can be it's like the best you I, I love touring. I think it's awesome. I really get a buzz out of it, but it also is completely exhausting. You get off the tour bus in some random new city and then have a shower somewhere, if it's like a venue shower, if it's like a smaller tour or whatever, and then sound check and then you've got the gig and then you pack up and then you get a tour bus and you go to another city again and you do like, like three times in a row till you get a day off. And then when you get a day off, you're like, well, I'm somewhere I've never been before, so I should probably go and have a look outside, but I can't do anything with my body so it's mm. yeah it's, it's insane you also um were an uncredited artist on some major number one singles how mm. did that come about 
So again, that was going back to Howitz and Replay Heaven. I, I sung with, so it's Richard Adlam and Howitz and they own Replay Heaven and I sung with them for years. Um, I sang Cry Just a Little for the bingo players as well. That was one of the first ones to sort of go big. Um, and it basically people wanted remakes of um, certain samples that they couldn't get the mechanical clearance to use, but they could use the publishing. Mm-hmm. So it would have to be resung. And um, I worked with Hal for, for like years Um just in the studio that's one of the reasons why I credit him I'm so good in the studio because unless I got it right I wasn't leaving the session so I got very good at making sure I was doing a good job so mm-hmm. I could be done um <laughs> but he's like because the stuff that we were doing the replay stuff is is so close so like I got you for Duke's Mont Jacks Jones that I sang um was a Whitney Houston sample and it's not just listening to the way she sung. Um, they would make sure that like the sound was right. So they would have different plugins or or whatever the equipment was that might have been used to record that vocal in the eighties. So yeah. it would sound a certain way and and yeah. So like when I did, I want to feel for Second City. That's Tony Braxton. It was like baby, oh baby, and just like I would hear Tony, and then I would do, and then I would sing it. And then I'd hear Tony and then I would sing it and just each time just keep trying to refine the way I delivered that vocal so I would sound as close to her as possible. But then also because of my like mentioned physiology again, I'm not sure if it's exactly like face shape or something about my sound works for like a Whitney or a Tony Braxton or that kind of thing. So it was in my remit there and, and I listened to like Tony Braxton and Whitney Houston growing up loads anyway. So, mm. but that's not how I ended up singing those tracks. I mean, I sung record dance records for years um, and then just for some reason that year of 2014, a couple of those records that I sang all blow up. So I got you into number one. I want to feel went to number one a month after. Um, I sang Love Too Deep for Eric Don Redondo. That went top 40 about a month after that. Wow. So it was kind of crazy because it was like bam, 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 bam. But as you said, I was completely uncredited. I was just the voice yeah. of these things. So it was definitely a weird experience for me because if you come from a background like I did where finances are not you don't have something to rest on and you don't have something there to save you you've got to work your backside off singing was the my chosen career path so I sang backing vocals and I sang functions and I sang weddings and I sang session jobs and you know I sang and I sang and I worked I worked Mm. um but I always wanted to be an artist but you need to take time out and you can't do those things if you want to be an artist because it's too confusing. Like you're either a backing singer, you're either a session singer or you are an artist and they are completely separate things, even Mm -hmm. the way you look at utilising your voice. But the journey that I had grew my voice. Like when I was doing functions and weddings and whatever, I was having to sing Aretha, Shaka Khan, Whitney, Kylie, you know, whatever. And I really attribute that about to some of my voice growth because I was walking on stage and singing Respect, you know, Mm. every other day. But you kind of realise when you start coming over to be an artist that you have to step away from all that and start finding who you are. But also you have to be financially okay to be able to to do that Mm -hmm. um so for me obviously I for a long time I I was too scared of stepping completely away from that world because I'd got so good at it and I had such a reputation in it that I was getting jobs and getting things coming in which was awesome but then obviously sort of feeling a bit confused and a little bit frustrated as well because I was I wanted to do me but I 
didn't know I could step away. And in 2013, I had a car crash and I was put oh, in wow. a um, yeah wheelchair for a bit. I had a severely prolapsed disc and I couldn't walk. And that's when I got asked to sing, I got you and I want to feel. And I did those sessions sitting down in a chair because I couldn't stand. Wow. And at the time, Hal was like, we need your voice. So let's just make it work. And uh, yeah, so the end of 2013, I basically couldn't do anything. I was in bed in agony. And then it was 2014 that the songs blew up and then everything shifted. How did that um, accident affect your mental state and in, in your singing and where you felt like you were in your life? It affected me a lot because I, I was a bit of a workaholic and I was doing so well with what I was doing in terms of the BV world and that kind of stuff and you know I was pushing and then at the same time I was like completely randomly making like an album in Poland as well so anytime I had a spare moment I was flying to Poland to like do this album and everything and when the accident happened and I could do nothing and I was stopped and I was stuck at the time I kept getting misdiagnosed no they didn't know what it was because I didn't have an MRI scan and we were like would you know some doctors sort of don't know how long you'll be till you get better it's like how long's how long's a piece of string kind of thing so that was kind of mentally really difficult and then also I felt like I saw people in the industry who really really cared about me who are my really close friends and also the the darker side of it, it was like people that didn't really care unless mm. <laughs> it was, you know, it, you you kind of find that in like creative world. I think that's quite tough. Like one of my best friends, she's in musical theatre and we talk about like the ups and downs of the industry and how sometimes people can be with you if they feel like, you know, if if you're going to benefit their career somehow, they're super lovely to you. And if you're not, then they couldn't give a flying F. So it, for me, it was a real difficult mental time because I suddenly was incapacitated, couldn't do anything, couldn't do my usual go at it hard work, do all this kind of stuff and was just stuck and then stuck with me and my thoughts and what I actually want with my life kind of thing. Um, but I really believe it meant to happen. It was meant to be that thing because I was also on tour with Jesse J at the time. And when I got asked to sing, I got you. If I had been well, I would have been completing the Jesse tour, so I might not have actually even been able to sing the record. I don't, mm. I don't know who, who knows. So, I think it it happened for a reason because that what after that accident, that was the end of my backing vocal days. And I suppose you had that time to think about exactly what you wanted. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we all need that. I guess it's kind of also what your singles about taking time. Oh, <laughs> just for one day. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, that day I was I was feeling kind of a bit exhausted and a bit overwhelmed. I've been running around again, like doing lots of stuff and doing lots of sessions for other artists as well or other, you know, I do a lot of d in dance world and I've been developing my own artist project on the side and that's been going like going well and sort of just putting more and more into that and yeah just for one day I kind of I'd basically gone to the wrong studio location and was like two hours late for a session with someone new that I'd never met before who turned out to be super sweet Justin and he was like oh it's cool don't worry about it and then I was just like he was like what do you want to do today work on something for your project and just for one day was born in that session we just did it and then yeah, it just it just flowed. It was really great session. And then I went home and I recorded my own vocals. I love producing my own vocals and then sent them back to Justin to put into the mix. And then, yeah. And then we have Just For One Day. Yeah. There's a couple of lyrics I want to draw attention to, which I think are really cool. There's um, Let Your Feelings Feel. And I think yeah. that's kind of cool because none of us give ourselves the time to do that. 
or allow ourselves to feel things. Um, yeah. How did that come about for you personally, that lyric? <sighs> it was kind of that really. I kind of, um, I'm better than I used to be in terms of my workaholicness-ish. I sometimes think like if I'm having a day where I feel a bit low or something, I don't always give myself that moment and sometimes I think that's really important when you're feeling mentally like you just need a little bit of a switch off or a break that's as important as then pushing yourself forward sometimes because before you know it you you can end up burnt out and then you're actually not producing your best you know creativity or or whatever or you're not your best vocal like if you're supposed to be recording something or whatever and you're like I'm my voice is knackered and you try and push through it you're actually making your voice worse and I didn't, I suppose sometimes I didn't even think about it. I was writing it, it sort of just came. It's like that day I just knew I needed a a break, really. If you enjoy work as well, sometimes it's quite hard to do or you get really excited Mm. about something and then it's like, oh, wait, I'm doing too much. It suddenly hits you. I don't know if that happens to you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to be better now at just scheduling a moment going, no because before you know it like you think it's just like oh there's just an hour here and then an hour there and then something there and then before you know it's your whole day taken and you haven't and then you're behind on like several other emails and going oh my god um so I think it's really important rest is rest time is just as important as work time it just needs to be a balance I mean you like you learn that in like fitness training and stuff like you go hard working out or something you definitely absolutely need that recovery day for your muscles otherwise it doesn't work so why don't Mm. we have that for our minds Mother's Day is around the corner find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile from timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones Blue Nile has something she'll adore need it fast most items can ship overnight plus enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns don't miss our special Mother's Day deals save big on the season's most beautiful trends for a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, this is the part where I give you a fun fact about our guest. Kelly Lee started out her career as a backing singer, but she's following in the footsteps of some other amazing artists. Mariah Carey, Sheryl Crow, Elton John... Katy Perry, Dave Grohl, John Legend, Mary J. Blige, and even Whitney Houston, the voice that Kelly Lees is most often compared to, started out as backing singers before embarking on award-winning careers. Every episode, we have a set of quick-fire questions. I'll leave you with that before the rest of the interview. So, our quick-fire round. Tea or coffee? Tea. Music or lyrics? Music. Cats or dogs? Cats. Creativity or logic? Creativity. Plane or train? Plane. Beer or wine? Wine. Sweet treats or savoury snacks? I think I'm going to go savoury snacks. Mm. City or countryside? uh, Countryside. (laughs) Matching or odd socks? 
Uh, matching socks, for sure. Guitar or piano? Oh, uh, piano. Friday night in or Friday night out? Now, Friday night out, for sure. Modern or vintage? Uh, vintage. Black and white or technicolor? Technicolor. Moose or mouse? Uh, mouse. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> so you set up your own label, which is incredible. Tell me a bit about that and why you went down that route and what your plans are with your label and what you want to do with it. Well, I set up my own label. Um, it's called Music Core, um, music for music, and then Core for the core strength that I had to rebuild after the car accident I had. But the reason why I did it is uh, I sang another top 10 with James Hype in 2017. Um, God, it's gone so fast. And that was More Than Friends on Vogue's Don't Let Go remake of that, which is one of my favourite songs ever. And that one had my name on it. So we went top 10 with that. So by this point, I'd sang two number one singles and a top 10. My voice is around a lot, but no one knows who I am really. Like my name wasn't really there. And um, in all honesty, I just got frustrated because I was being inundated with requests from labels for me to sing vocals for producers. And I was kind of a bit like, well, what about looking at investing in me? Or, you know, I've got my own music here. And it was like, yeah, yeah, it's cool. But, you know, we really need you to do another big vocal for another DJ producer. And I just got really annoyed, to be honest. And I felt really agitated because... Mm. I mean, it's two things with those like those songs that came out. I'm really proud of what's happened and everything happens for a reason. And I'm so like people thought I got you as Whitney, who's one of my I, you know, Whitney is the queen to me. So to even have that people think that made, you know, made me feel so proud and honored because she is incredible. But then there gets to a point where it's like other people are making money and doing really well off of something that I'm singing and I'm not getting as much credit or notice or input. So if I'm going to have any opportunity to be seen or to be heard, I'm going to have to set up my own label. And that's what it came down to, basically. It was a necessity and resilience to stay, to, to be heard and to be seen. Because it's also, I mean, there was a stat, there's, um, I think, I don't want to get a name wrong, but it's Vicky uh, Bain. And she's like, does all data stuff within the music industry for women. and 20% of all signed artists in the UK are women. 20%, mm. which is like, what? I mean, that's crazy. And yeah, I, why? Why would that be the case? Just, just why? And I was frustrated. I mean, like, I love men. It's not, it's not a men bashing thing, but I know so many men who are signed or DJ producers who are walking in and out of record deals and stuff and loads of artists or singers that have sung on those records that aren't being signed who aren't being looked at but are being emailed to write another top line or sing another feature and it's like well when do we get that investment as well and when do we get that recognition so yeah music core I I released my first single do you want to be loved like this um which was awesome it was I wrote it with a guy called Eddie Jenkins and James Hype and what I loved about James was James um was the first person that I'd worked with as a DJ producer that I'd sung something for and he was like let's get in the studio and do something for you that meant so much to me because mm. you know I had been by this point like two to three years and I'd done some other records for some other big producers who basically treated me like I was shit basically mm. on their shoe even whilst they were using my vocals for their records and didn't want to acknowledge my presence even though I wrote the song or co-wrote the song and 
yeah, I shed quite a few tears about that, to be really honest. I felt I felt frustrated and broken. And I thought, how can you be that disrespectful to be using my voice to further your message and career? But I'm not relevant enough for you to even want to mention. Yeah. So when James was like, yeah, let's get in the studio and write a song for you. I just was like, yes. And and also that's just like, I don't know, when, when you work in this industry, this is how people build. You do things and you like work with each other and it's a stepping stone and that's how great stuff happens you work together as a team but surprisingly not that many people like to do teamwork um and you figure that out and then you're like okay lesson learned so the first single was called do you want to be loved like this and put that out and um, a friend of mine chris fade is an amazing amazing guy he's one of those people who i do like always is always giving a leg up and always shouting out someone always giving support he's like one of the most positive awesome people I've ever met and um, he's a radio DJ for Virgin Radio Dubai and I'd met him when I performed at a festival um, in Beirut and he was always supportive and he said when you get your single like shout me so More Than Friends was still really big and in Dubai they were playing More Than Friends all the time and I had Do You Want to Be Love Like This coming out and he was like we need to champion this record it's an awesome record so I was added to the Red Fest festival lineup which was one of my favorite gigs ever that was like know 15,000 people or something and I was on the bill was like chain smokers and Russ and then me and like it was just it was awesome and he championed you want to be loved like this and he just tested it out and he was like I'm just going to put this on the show see what happens and then it went top 10 in Shazam out in Dubai out out there all on my label people were phoning into the station to request the song and they were like we love the do you want to be loved like this song from Kelly Lee And, and I was like and he messaged me and he was like we're not even pushing this hard. We've just played it and people love your music. You've got a fan base. You've got an audience. Um, yeah. And so that was the start of it really. And which was amazing. And I, I part of me is gutted because if I did have like a major label behind me or something, we could have capitalized on that huge. Like there was only so much I could do. I was still learning about Shazam. We basically said the single was coming out when it wasn't because we hadn't ingested it into the DSPs yet and all this kind of stuff that now I know about. Like you need a six-week lead time. If anyone's looking at releasing independently, you need at least six weeks lead time. Whereas we're like, yeah, we'll upload it. It'll be out in a week. No, that doesn't happen. So then I had to do a big apology <laughs> online being like, sorry, the single's not coming out this week. It's coming out, I think, next week or the week after. What's the main difference vocally? between having to sing a backing vocal or as a session singer and singing your own stuff? For me, I think it's it's hugely different because when you're doing backing vocals for an artist, you're fitting into their world. So you're singing their sound, their style, the way they express, the way they deliver those notes. Like um, I remember when I was doing Adele's BVs, like rolling in the deep, you know, we're making sure we fit exactly what she did and like you're gonna miss you there's like something which is slightly like semitone out and the way you deliver that and you've got a blend and mainly a bb has to be incredible at making the sound awesome but never ever 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 out singing or stepping out of their lane because it's not about the bvs it's about the main artist that's on stage and you're there to back them up and support them throughout anything if they decide to drop off and not sing that chorus you guys have got to carry it whilst they do their ad libs and thing and come back in and it's got to be a blend when you sing for yourself it's whatever you want as your freedom of expression like I want to sing this bit in my head voice because it's supposed to be personal and it's supposed to be intimate and it's supposed to be sweet. And then when I get to there in that chorus, I'm going to use my full range and I'm going to do something that's huge and then I'm going to bring it back down again. And 
and you get to have fun with it. You get to go, oh, yeah, how how am I feeling today? How do I want to sing this? What do I want as a delivery? And then you take inspiration from other artists that you hear that do things and you're like, oh, that's that's kind of cool. Like maybe I can try and adapt something like that or or you switch, shut everybody out and you're like, no, no, this is how I want to deliver it. You know, I think it's such a separate thing. And I think coming from BV world to be an artist world and I know friends that have been BVs that want to be an artist and stuff like that. And you do have to separate them. They are completely different things for me you can't do both at the same time. I think it's amazing to do it. And and if you want to stay a BB and be a BV, then awesome, because it's an incredible job. I mean, I love that job. I did some of the most amazing things I've ever done in my life. But I wanted to be an artist and I wanted to sing my own songs and I had my own message and something that I needed to say. How much do you feel that you've found your own voice in comparison to having to sing in the style of other people? Oh, massively. It's, 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 it's totally, it's my own voice. It's, it's, it's what I want to say. It's, it's who I am. Like, um, Cotton Clouds is, is a sexy song and it's about relationships and it's, you know, we've been in that kind of like honeymoon period and, you know, and then there's something like Just For One Day, which is about self-isolation and self-care. This is, these are all my lyrics and this is my sound. I don't feel like there's anyone that I particularly fully sound like. And I take inspirations from lots of different artists, but this is me. This is my sound. It's, I call it anthemic pop. Um, there's elements of soul in it and elements of Indian places and then elements of dance and I feel like when I release these songs, and it sounds so dramatic, but I really do feel like I'm breathing and I need it. I need it for myself to keep me going. And I'm already planning the campaign for the next single and and I, can f- I, f- I feel that drive and I love getting into the, the thick of it. So, um, yeah, this is, I, I couldn't go back. This is me now. How much of your journey do you reckon is fate and how much do you reckon is hard work? I think you'll never know. Um, I totally believe in things happening for a reason. Sometimes I feel like maybe I should, shouldn't work as hard as I do. I shouldn't push as hard as I do. And sometimes I should just sit back for a minute and just allow stuff. And if it's going to happen, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Sometimes I I get scared and I don't want to have that luxury. But then a lot of the work that I have done, like setting up my label and and pushing here and then going to that meeting and then meeting that person who's then connected me to this person that's then playlisted my single or something, then that's all part of the journey. Um, so I, I think it's I think it's honestly both. I think it all plays hand in hand with each other because, for example, for me to get... Someone asked me this the other day and I hadn't thought about this in a really long time. How did I get my first session job? And I was like, how did I get my first session job? Which was to sing a songwriter's demo to pitch. And that was because I had a MySpace and I completely forgot about MySpace. And then someone heard it who said to someone, oh, her voice might be good for your demo. And that's how that started because then I sung for him and then he connected me to Richard Adlin who's Replay Heaven and then that, you know. And so then it goes, so then that's kind of a bit of fate, isn't it? It's fate that someone in Adele's team said, we want new BVs. We want someone that's not on the scene who's completely different. And I happened to be working for the guy that he asked who then said, I'd be good for it. But then you were working in all those situations and if you hadn't put something out on MySpace, this the true. Place, then that bit of work also helped you there. I think, yeah, I just think we'll never know. I think things just play hand in hand. And I definitely think, I do think stuff that's meant to be will be. So 
most people would say you've been pretty successful in your career. Do you feel like you're successful? I don't know. Yes and no. Um, I wrote a song which is really personal to me, which is going to come out later on this year, which I ended up writing about this. I had a really long chat with my parents, like about four hours. And we really delved into some stuff that we needed to talk about. And it, it did dawn on me when I think about where I've come from and my journey and the opportunities that I had or lack of opportunities that I had to where I am now, then yeah, I'm, I'm really successful and I'm really proud of myself. And if I see a younger me, you know, I'm living my dream. I wanted to be singing. I wanted to go around the world singing. I wanted to make money from singing. So yeah, I I did it. I achieved my small dream. But then in terms of what I want to achieve as myself as an artist, um, I haven't I haven't got there yet. And there's still a lot more work to be done. And I'm still banging down certain doors and I'm still going hey listen to my solo project because I've got really good songs here and I've got some demos here which I know are bigger than my previous singles but I'm trying to build momentum so that when I get to dropping those that I'm going to have more attention on that so that it doesn't feel like it just blows in the wind it actually does something and people go oh yeah okay actually Kelly Lee's project is actually really good maybe we might look at that or something so I feel successful to get to where I've come from and I hope that's inspiring to young people um, who may have been in similar situations, uh, young females, because it's really hard for girls in the industry. And that's no woe is me for the female sex, but it's just a fact. It is. And it's still a lot of work to be done in gender equality. But where I want to get to, I'm, I'm not fully successful yet. What do you define as success then? What... What will you have when you're successful? That's a great question. I mean, the dream is a Grammy. Like, I'd love to win a Grammy. I I mean, I was fortunate enough to walk the Grammy red carpet when I got you as nominated and was the most insane experience. It was the first time in front of, like, massive paparazzi and there was like rows of them and then this like woman's like okay if you just like to stand on the x it's like really casual and then we just me and jack jones we just stood on this x and then they were like kelly lee jack jones kelly lee jack jones they were like flashing i was like trying to look cool and sexy and like <laughs> like a deer in headlights and like and then and then they would just stop and it was like and they're like, and she's like, okay, if you just like to stand on the next X, please. And then we'd go along to the next X and it would happen again. And it's like, okay. And then they're like, pull a silly face. And I was like, so uncool. And then when you see like pictures like Katy Perry or Taylor Swift or, you know, any anyone like that, you're like, wow, you guys have got this down because the way they make it look so effortless and stunning and everything, you're like, whoa. Yeah, um, they've done it a lot though, I'm th- sure. They've, they've done it a lot, yeah. Um, but that, that blew my mind. Like I came off that red car it and then I cried because I was so overwhelmed because it was such a dream since mine as a kid to get there and be there and to see it and then I was like okay this is this is achievable this is possible so that gave me even more fight it was like all right this isn't some kind of crazy fantasy as a kid sitting at home watching the Grammys looking at like you know Mariah Carey exception award or Prince or Stevie Wonder you know like this is actually something I could possibly make happen so I've just got to work my butt off and make the best music I can possibly make that I believe in and hopefully one day that will get respected. So for you what do you think makes a great singer? 
Ooh. Oh, I love this question because so personal, isn't it? It's so personal mm-hmm. to our ears. I mean, um, for me, what makes a great singer is someone who makes you feel. And it is that. It's just a feeling conveyed through voice that you can't, you know... So for me, that's Whitney, that's Ella Fitzgerald, that's Nora Jones, that's Skin from Skunk Nancy, that's Fink, that's like Mariah Carey, like a music box album, Um, that's Rosie Gaines in Diamonds and Pearls with Prince, the way she delivers that, like it's a singer that touches you, Sam Cooke, like you listen to a Sam Cooke record and that is real music, like back in the day, analog vintage in fact my other half he's got a vintage studio to tape and he's it's called Talbot Studios and singing in his studio and recording two tape you got two takes if you're going to have takes because it's all on tape so you need to deliver it right your dynamics your pitch your control your feeling that's real singing like you know I'm so used to working in the studio and working on my logic and doing like whoever vocals and doing 10 takes and then just comping that take up and you know I still work on my delivery and dynamics I want everything to sound great but you know there is an element of laziness there that I'm not like I've got two takes and this better sound awesome and also then the rawness of that like if you listen to some of those old records there might be a vocal which is slightly out of tune or something but it's the feeling of it um Mm -hmm. so I just think it's that it's a, a real singer or vocalist knows their voice it's their instrument like sometimes people say like do you play an instrument or a musician and stuff it's like I I wish I'd kept up piano as a kid but my voice is my instrument and I've worked really hard on it and I've spent years with my voice and I've spent years learning my vocal because this thing sometimes controls me it's really difficult with the voice because we always think of it and we judge ourselves for our voice and it is Mm -hmm. uh I don't know, I sometimes feel like it's like a little pet that sometimes like runs around and you're like, no, come back. I want you to do this today. You have to train it and be like, no, 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 you need to sit right now. Yeah. But also we, yeah, we judge it and we won't judge an instrument. We won't be like, oh, piano, why aren't you doing what you're told today? You just do it again. And if we can get into that mindset of it being like an instrument and just something that we need to do again and practice and, and learn, then it becomes also a lot easier mentally yes I definitely find that with singing that there's more to it than I think people sometimes understand on the surface Mm. and but that is then why there's greats and that is why there's people like that is why Adele is so successful as well because when you're in a room with her like the first rehearsal that we did and that was at um in London Bridge and she just sang in the room off mic and oh my god I had goosebumps all up my arm and I was like whoa like this is a voice you know and that's why so many people move by it because when she sings some of those songs about those that heartbreak that she went through you feel it and I think that's sometimes not appreciated enough is that that is what the voice does it should make you feel something what has been your greatest challenge in your life or career I think my greatest challenge has been with myself. I've been very insecure. I was quite badly bullied growing up a lot. Um, didn't seem to fit in into certain circles or groups or whatever. And I'm, you know, and um, at the same time, which probably 
I'm very headstrong and I'm very honest and I'm very direct, which probably didn't help <laughs> because I'd be feeling insecure from these people would be like, you're not good enough. You need to be like this. But then at the same time, I wouldn't be like, OK, I'll wear that hat that you said I should wear. I'd be like, well, you and your stupid hat direction. I'm going to wear this hat, but I hope this hat looks good on me. So, <laughs> you know, just going through these kind of emotions and I um, even setting up my own label and stuff. You know, I, I really deal with insecurities and I'm much better with it now, but I still do. Like, especially with social media and stuff, I'll post something and be like, well, I hope people flipping like this. And then at the same time, I'm like, well, I don't care because this is what I believe in. But I really hope I get enough likes today. And, you know, so I think that's been my biggest challenge. And and I'm proud of myself and how I have pushed through that instead of allowing some of those comments and things to make me feel so small that I haven't done it there's still times where I feel insecure and I'm like I am so annoyed with myself just get over it but it's a lot of pressure sometimes that you put on yourselves what advice would you give to people who who are feeling a bit insecure or feel like they can't do things I think for someone who's feeling that it will be worse if you don't allow yourself to do it you, you might not even have to put the song out there, but just allow yourself to create, allow yourself to breathe, allow yourself to feel, allow yourself to do all those things that you have inside you. Because if you don't, you're keeping yourself locked up. And I think that's also why I end up doing stuff is because my brain is overactive and I need to let stuff out that I'm feeling. Um, otherwise, I do feel like bogged down or clogged up and I don't I don't feel great. So... Yeah, I think just do it. And even if it's privately for yourself, even if you just create something in your room and you put it on your computer to watch back and you feel like you've had that freedom of expression, then great, because that might mean that the next thing that you do, you have more self-confidence to push yourself a little bit further or show someone else or upload it to your Instagram. And you never know what comes from, from that by just putting yourself out there. Because generally, I think a lot of us are going through some kind of ups and downs insecurity wise especially with social media and the way the world is right now it's so flashy um and mm. there's not a lot of allowance as much anymore and I think people are actually crying out for more rawness because when you open up about it people do go yeah I'm feeling like that too yeah I think people feel like they need to be perfect all the time because yeah. we see a lot of perfection yeah all these shiny people yes uh, exactly and you can see it, though, the way that art is moving. I feel like even within music, there was like a stage of time where everything had to be so perfect. And I feel like now people are looking more towards, as you say, singers who make you feel again. And it's getting a bit more like, oh, we don't mind if that's a little bit imperfect like it used to be. It's kind yeah. of hopefully getting over that hill a little bit more and people just being them. As soon as you're yourself... It just feels right and people can sense it too. It's amazing what people can sense. It's like just pick up if you're being honest or fake. And then also if you find people don't like exactly who you are, then they weren't meant to be around you anyway. So mm -hmm. that's a good thing. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay, what's been your greatest accomplishment on the other side of that? I mean, I got you being Grammy nominated, having my voice. For me, that was a massive, massive, massive accomplishment. Um, but I think really it has to be putting my own music out on my label making my own music videos and 
and all that kind of stuff and each of it is a stepping stone onto something else onto something else for me that is my biggest accomplishment because I'm finally doing what I dreamt of doing as a kid and being my own artist and being myself and I don't know where it's going to get to I obviously hope as we've discussed it goes to greater things but I've connected with people through my music who've messaged me saying they love a song and it means something to them and um that's all I could ever really hope for with my own music. If you could wake up tomorrow having gained one quality or ability, what would that be? <laughs> I would love to be able to fly to the sea and go into the sea in Croatia. Um, I think <laughs> Right now, if, for sure. <laughs> yeah, right now, absolutely. I think a practical quality I would really love to have is more patience because my impatience meter is terrible. I um, <laughs> That is a definite lack of quality on my part um, I'm very impatient I'm quite impulsive I like like I said I feel and have to do and I, I think I would love to think less so I, I overthink way too much so I think that would be a, a quality I'd love to wake up in the morning and just be like my brain goes ping and I'm like oh everything feels awesome and I'm not overthinking everything I just did last question if you had any advice for anyone entering the entertainment industry, what would it be? Be brave, be bold, be yourself and um, go for it. And also um, network and work with a lot of people. Don't necessarily feel you have to stay in one group or be cliquey or things like that. Greatness comes from, I feel, supporting each other and other people supporting you. So grow a team grow people you love to collaborate with, make your own movement and uh, be proud that you do it. Cool. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Bird. No Thank worries. you for having me. Bye. Big thanks to Kelly Lee and John Bills for organising the interview. If you want to check out Kelly Lee's music, head over to www.kelly-lee, which is spelled L-E-I-G-H dot com. You can also find all of her music on Spotify and YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review us on your podcast app of choice. It really helps us share these amazing stories with new people. We love your feedback. So please do drop us an email at goodjob@bethroars.com. And if you would like to get early access to new episodes and support the podcast, please do head over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash bethroars. Big thanks again to Kelly Lee and John, to James and Kazra at One Fine Play for the initial edits, and also massive thank you, as usual, to my co-producer Tom Court, who works super hard on these. And of course, thanks to all you guys for listening. Good job. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.